Hello and welcome to another episode of the Dark Art Society podcast. My name is Chet Zar. I am your host and I just recorded a whole intro and didn't hit the record button. That's always frustrating, but at least this time I'll get it really perfectly with no mistakes. Um, yeah, today's episode we have uh, 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 Kelly McKernan. She's a great artist and uh, we've shown together before and with many of the same galleries. And uh, she's also part of a big class action lawsuit, AI lawsuit. So we talk a lot about that. Talk about the woes of being working artists. Very interesting conversation. Very fun. She's great. Her work's great. She's fun to talk to. Excellent uh, episode, I think. Um, so that's coming up. What's been going on with me? Uh, I've been working on these little paintings. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see them see some um it's funny because i was i was painting 12 of these little mini paintings because i sell them for 375 bucks so they're pretty affordable they're little two by three inch paintings and i made this little frame for them it's pretty cool see the little skulls on i sculpted on there anyway um because i had a big you know end of the month i have this big bill business um credit card bill that I, I put all my business expenses on a card and paid at the end of the month. And so I was working on these 12 um, little paintings to sell. And then my wife had uh, a dental appointment. Turns out she had to have a bunch of dental work. And um, so I had to, I had a, we now we had a bill for uh, $7,000. <laughs> so I had to run home. I had to figure out what credit cards had had money on them. Had to split it between two cards that I found that I had enough credit on. So, uh, you know, and I'm already not, it's already tenuous, my life. So just another seven grand, throw it on the pile. Anyway, so I started painting some more because I had some more panels. So now I'm going to try and get like 27 paintings done, these little mini paintings done, and I'm going to be selling them this week so that I can cover everything it's just like i swear i just it never fails i get ahead and something like this happens it just i don't know what's going on it's just insane i don't know what the lesson here is uh anyway so keep an eye out for that i'll be selling those this week i'm going to sell them to my patrons first and then i'll be releasing them publicly like i do with all my new work um if you want to uh, join my patreon you can go to patreon.com slash chetzar and you can join that for as little as a dollar a month you get uh, access to stuff like these sales before anybody else does um, if you want to support the podcast you can go to patreon.com slash dark art society and join for as little as a dollar a month it's a good deal it's cheap and it uh, helps me put this show on and that's everything that's been going on Oh, uh, if you join at the $5 level on the Dark Art Society Patreon, you get a 20% off code for uh, Skull Shop, S-K-U-L-L-S-H-O-P-P-E. They make these amazing skulls, articulated jaws and everything. And uh, so that's a good deal too. Am I leaving anything out? I don't think so. Anyway, it's not important because the interview 
with Kelly is important. So here we go. Oh wait, yes, I did leave something out. See, I've already done this once. So so I'm all confused as to what I said and what I didn't say. Um, if you join the Dark Art Society Patreon, you get your name read right on the air. And, uh, we're on the air, on the podcast. And uh, this week we have Stephanie Stevenson. Thank you, Stephanie. Um, now that is all, I believe. Uh, yeah, I can't think of any, anything else. All right, here we go with Kelly McKernan. Hope you enjoy it. Hello, Kelly. Hi, Chet. <laughs> Thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. <laughs> uh, we've probably shown together. Have we shown? We've shown together, right? I, I'm certain that we have. I know it's we've some... shown it. Yeah, we've shown it the same galleries for sure. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. There's definitely been a group show or, or a few in yeah. the last, I don't know. I think I've been showing at galleries for 10 years now, so I'm sure we've overlapped at some point or another. <laughs> definitely, definitely. I think that's why maybe when I saw your work, when I went over to Twitter, started using it more. Uh, I re I think I recognized your work from the, the shows and stuff. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm a big admirer, admirer of your work. It's really great stuff. So um, I wanted to have Likewise. you on the Oh, thanks. I wanted to have yeah. you on the show. <laughs> Simple as Thank that. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fun. Yeah, uh, and, uh, and, and I'm, you know, and like, like I was saying before when we were talking, AI stuff aside, <laughs> it's like I just wanted to have yeah. you in the show because you're an artist. I want to hear your story. I like your art. and But then there's this whole other layer of, <laughs> yeah. of, of, of AI to discuss. <laughs> well, a side effect is that, of that is that I've become more confident, like, speaking in this kind of format, whereas oh, right. ago I was just like, I don't know. I kind of want to stay in my cave. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so some it <laughs> yeah it seems like there's a point at least it was like that with me there's a point in every artist's life where it's like to move things to the next level you just gotta start putting yourself out there showing your face mm -hmm. and going on interview podcast interviews and stuff it just seems like mm -hmm. you know it's got to be done at some point just do it yeah <laughs> Yeah, I'm resisting some things. Like, I think we were talking about video editing. Like, I hate video editing. And I'm just like, I, you know, I feel like I'm being forced to learn and I didn't ask for it. Okay. Oh, right, right. <laughs> yeah, but we have to keep up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, you know, I like editing. I like editing when I have the time to edit, but I never uh, have the time. You know, yeah. it's like the, the process itself. I really like, um, I don't know, process oriented technical mm -hmm. things kind of you know i'm like always been like that and uh mm -hmm. i enjoy like i don't know i enjoy the editing process but it's never fun because there's it's always like this extra thing i have to do mm -hmm. because it's for my patreon or because it's for a video i'm going to share on social media or something you know it's just yeah. kind of like yeah are you doing tiktok i uh i have a funny uh funny relationship with tiktok and that is that I hate it. <laughs> no, no. The truth. My experience with TikTok was my. I've got two granddaughters that are uh, eleven and twelve now. Yeah. Uh, and so that's how I learned about TikTok. And so mm -hmm. it's like you know, imagine eleven and twelve-year-old girls' content. It's annoying. It's just like the most annoying yeah. stuff. Like 
oh and it's like they watch the video oh you know repeated times and then they yes. do like some kind of um you know uh a video where they take the audio and they're and they're editing yeah. it and so then it's like mm -hmm. someone making this horrible sound like over and over mm -hmm. it's just so it's like it totally was like i hate TikTok. and then my granddaughter the youngest one took over my TikTok account <laughs> so then i didn't have access to it oh gosh <laughs> and, and i was like I, I need to get on TikTok because i know it's the thing everyone's using it and then i finally got it back from her because she started an, another account and um and so and now i just like i post it what happens like i keep i post one video and then i just forget about it and stop and it's right. like i know and i've got all this content on my youtube all these uh -huh. time lapses i was like i just need to yeah. scrunch them together maybe a little shorter and i would just have i could be posting every day there's like a gen z kid who would love to do that for you out there i'm certain of it just like mm. give them all stuff and let them like do that for you because I consider that myself where I'm just like, I have all this content and video and time-lapse and stuff like that, but it's the, uh, reformatting it, making it, you know, 15 seconds or whatever, and having to stay on top of like, you know, how to take advantage of a trend or whatever. And I'm like, I don't, I don't, I don't want to take advantage of trends. I want to be, let me be. Let me exactly. 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 Whenever I see those videos, like, uh, about, you know, new trends on, on TikTok you yeah. know like on youtube to take advantage of to get your or, yeah. or new trends on youtube or whatever it's like that's like ch nails on a chalkboard to me hearing yes. about a new trend it's like i hate yes. new trends yeah. <laughs> i yeah. want i don't want to follow anybody else's trends i'm trying to make no. my own trends yeah exactly exactly yeah and then occasionally one does catch me and i'm like oh no i have to do the trend right I right I don't want to but i have to <laughs> if you know that's the thing it's like uh, you're you're um uh perfect we're professional artists is how we make uh -huh. our money and it's like yeah if an opportunity comes up that you can't pass by mm -hmm. you have to do it it's like yeah. it's like i the nft thing i did for a while it's like oh yeah i made so much money i couldn't not do it you know it's yeah like I, it was like that's great because I feel like for so many artists, it was just like a bad decision all around. I have heard very few cases where like it worked really well. So that's, that's great. Though. I, I, I came out, it's like, I came in on the tail end of it and I came yeah. out, I came out ahead um, for sure. Yep. It, was, it was, it was kind of amazing, but it was real short wow. period of time. And, um, and I, it's like, I got, I still feel like uh, I don't like the culture of the the tech bro culture and all yeah. that oh it's like bro, bro. I yeah hate it <laughs> like i can't even tell you but oh you. <laughs> i know Don't most worry. artists are, but it's like the thing is is i went in to nfts like i'm gonna have an open mind i'm, not, I'm gonna be i'm not gonna yeah. be judgmental i'm gonna really give this my all and i did and i did all the twitter spaces and i was like mm -hmm. it just seemed to be kind of unfolding for me so i went with it and yeah. um and then that that aspect of it just got worse and worse and then things stopped selling it's like well i gotta go back to where i'm making my money it's not about yeah. a platform for me just like i'm sure you understand it's about yeah. the art we don't give a shit about wh where to sell it you know it's like yeah. we, we only care as far as that we need to sell it so we can keep making art right you know right yeah 
So were you doing like one of ones mm-hmm. on things you've already done? So I mean, yeah. it's like you're. I did. I okay. You're just wait, wait. out of work you've already done. So that's that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I did that, but I also so this is this is another reason it was really I felt like really good for me is that um, I was able to I like I used to animate in. 2d animation in after effects and i was super into and 3d animation i was totally into that and so i even did a series of looping animations in uh, 2004 i did for tool i did a bunch of looping animations for the live show so i had all these animations and at the time i was like okay it would be cool to put them in a gallery on a on a tv's flat screen Mm -hmm. and looping so it's like they're they're art pieces Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Basically, like yeah. an NFT is now, but that was exactly. like 20 yeah. years, 20 years ago, and it was five thousand dollars for a flat screen, so I could never afford to do it. So it was like, yeah. I ended up putting it on a DVD, so you could, so you mm-hmm. could, and selling that, and that was like, okay, you turn your TV into a picture frame. It's not quite the same, but anyway, NFTs were like, oh, this is perfect for my animation stuff. Yeah. So, so I was able to take two D paintings and animate them. Yeah. Which was super cool. Like, I love that process. So, uh, yeah, that's great. Yeah. And I also, and I, and, and before I'll stop, I'll stop talking about NFTs. But the thing that I, uh, I do like, I understand the collectability aspect of it. And I think that's the part that's real in the sense that people like to collect baseball cards, people like to collect art, and people that are online and into crypto art and crypto and NFTs, they like to collect. You know, NFTs, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it's yeah. le- it's legit in that way. Well, I have to tell you my story now. Okay, on here. <laughs> <laughs> I have one. Um, so I've I've never personally released any. Mm-hmm. I decided to pass on it just initially, being kind of like, oh, I don't know about this culture. Um, yeah. So I never got into it, but. I did a bunch of work for Evanescence that's been a part of an ongoing graphic novel anthology. Hmm. And uh, one of the paintings I made for them, their team turned into NFTs and like collectible tokens. And they like animated this angel character that I painted and everything. It was pretty cool. Um, I didn't know they were going to do that though. So I had some like mixed feelings about it. some Some of my fan base was like super grossed out by it. Yeah. But that doesn't matter. I didn't have a choice in it because they own, you know, the copyright to all that work. Um, so that was their decision. But the funny thing that happened was at uh, a Comic-Con, I believe it was in Chicago. So it was C2E2. Um, this guy comes up to me and he points at one of the posters behind me because I had a few. Uh, they made like these limited edition glow in the dark um amazing posters and they sent me a few so i had them hanging up behind me and this guy comes up he points to it and then he says i have that and i'm like oh really that's so cool like that's amazing and then he pulls up his phone and this tiny tiny little version of the nft in his collection and i was like so i have the real one like right here do you do you want to look at it do you He's like no and just walked away <laughs> my mind is blown right now. Um, it was just the wildest thing that, yeah. And that was it. Not even, not didn't even stick around to be like, oh yeah, no, that is cool. Didn't had no interest in the poster. Just kept wow. going. <laughs> wow. What a, <laughs> that must've been a shock. 
it was it was wild it was wild but that that's the only interaction i've had with that was this guy showing me one on his phone and i'm like is that about it's just showing your friends like it look at my pokemons look look at my nft collection it's exactly <laughs> that's exactly i think what it is really it's for yeah. people who are you know online and into it it's like yeah and, and so it's legit in that way because yeah. you know it's it's the same it with, yeah it has it, people like to collect weird all kinds of weird shit it's like i've got all this mm-hmm all kinds of weird crap on the back, you know, that like yeah, yeah. stuff from my childhood and, you know, uh-huh. weird, weird toys, you know how it is. So yeah, I, yeah. Yeah. So I get it. It's like, um, and I, and the other thing is like, I knew, um, artist friends who are digital artists and mm. they were finally able to monetize their work and, Absolutely. and they didn't have health insurance and they were, and they got sick mm-hmm. and they were able to pay for things. So it's like, there was this really, like potential, like, wow, this could be the big thing for uh, yeah. artists doing digital. And then it's just like these, all these assholes and criminals and scammers just flooded it and ruined well, the how, whole thing. That's how I feel about AI art. Yeah, right. <laughs> it was like, look at the potential for like an incredible tool for artists or like, you know, a way to, you know, speed up your workflow, except, you know, all the things that like uh, I hope gonna be but then i was like oh no these um super capitalist tech bros like with their utopian future ideas took it and then they were like actually we want to profit off it and uh we don't care if it's ethical so yeah that's (laughs) interesting yeah that's cool that you say that because i've 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 been kind of like able to see both sides of the ai debate in a way right. but but uh, but you uh-huh. know absolutely i think the way that they got the data was wrong right. for sure that's like my biggest yeah. issue it's like no one was asked they're working on a technicality mm-hmm. it was trained mm-hmm. using the um uh it was supposed to be for nonprofit, and then they turned it a profit it, it's like that's just the wild thing is that the nonprofit. so it was stability who commissioned the nonprofit data which stability then took and profited from right. so it's just they know what they were doing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That that that's you know maybe they didn't realize how big it was going to be, but it's that doesn't matter. It's like still you know. Yeah, yeah. It's and, been wild. <laughs> yeah. But okay, before we get into that, I want mm-hmm. uh, I want to just give people, you know, your background and like hear hear your story and how you mm-hmm. got into art and were you an art kid and all yeah. this stuff. Let me hear your life story. Awesome. Cool. Um, so yeah, I'm originally from San Diego. I was born to a 5.8 earthquake on July 7th (laughs) and, um, it got pretty wild from there. I'd say, uh, so I wasn't, you're a cancer. Yeah. 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 I'm a double cancer actually. Cancer moon. It's, it's a whole problem. It's, it's a lot. It's really a lot. Um, that's why I make art. I have to express it somehow. Right. Right. (laughs) Um, yeah, so I was an art kid, um, drawing all the time, but I was also doing so many other things. I was into music. I was into, you know, exploring, like I was just a really imaginative child, like, you know, um, and then like so many of us, I kind of had, um, a bit of a rough period in my childhood where the only thing I felt safe doing was my art Mm -hmm. because if I drawing or if I was writing or if I was reading one of these things, I was out of the way and I wasn't a problem. I no, was that, was in my, that was me. Yeah. That was me a hundred percent. Yeah. Everyone's so because, fighting around me and I'm just like, this is my safe place. And I won't, I could, 
uh-huh. not get hit by the crossfire. Yes, that's that's yeah. So like I lived in my head as a kid and I got mm-hmm. very good at excavating every corner of it and just yeah. Um and then growing up, um ended up in a lot of art classes. I did AP art in high school and Me then too. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Um when I was in AP art, I um thought about becoming an art teacher um, because what my art teacher in high school did for me was so, you know, my eye-opening and expansive. And I just felt like she gave me such a gift that I was like, I have to go do this. So I went to, I wanted to go to an art school that would also allow me to pursue a degree in art education because I wanted to teach. Um, but I didn't, really have great grades. So I went to a state school with um, a free scholarship based on like my grades. Cause so I grew up in Atlanta actually. Um, and if you make decent enough grades, I think it's like a B average, like free um, tuition at a state school. So I just did that. Um, looking back, I think that was a really good choice because I didn't end up with student loan debt. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also spent five years in a program that uh, it was kind of a mixed bag. So I ultimately dropped the art education major because I completely fell in love with painting. Um, and then I was a double major in photography for a while because I was really into finding ways to combine mediums. So I found a way for a while to combine darkroom photography with painting. I would um, buy silver gelatin as a substrate or to create a substrate with, you know, watercolor paper that I was tea staining. So I made my own, uh, shot my own reference material uh, and then created these mixed media paintings. So it was a dark room photo that I paint on top of. And it was a really, really cool process. Um, and it was like right around that time. So it was like 2008 that I started putting all of this art online. Um, it was like a few years into my college career. Mm-hmm. And I kind of like took off on deviant art. I took off on uh, a live journal, had a really great art community at the time. Oh, yeah. uh, I started showing with local galleries and just a handful of others, but um, I didn't really take off in the gallery scene until like 2012, I think. So it took a few years, but anyway, so I did this project. I like to tell the story about this project I did in college. Um, I called it 30 paintings and in six months time, my goal was literally just to make 30 paintings. It was a self-directed project. And the whole point was to just, you know, do as much as I could and find maybe eight to 10 pieces that I felt really good about that. And there's my portfolio. right? Right. Um, it worked. So I ended up, you know, with a lot of experimental stuff, but from that, I got my eight to 10 pieces that showed, you know, a cohesive style, um, you know, the mixed media stuff that I was doing, started submitting to galleries, publications, and, um, kind of just like went from there. Mm. I graduated in 2009 with my BFA in drawing and painting. I dropped the double major because I was never going to graduate if I didn't. Right. I could have stayed in school forever. <laughs> um, so after graduating, um, it took me about three years to go full-time. Um, wow. But in between, I always just kept part-time jobs, either as a nanny or preschool teacher, stuff like that, because I still enjoy teaching. 
Um, but 2012 was the year I went full time. Um, so it's been 11 years now. Kind of wow. still living the dream. <laughs> <laughs> I think. I think. I, 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 yeah. <laughs> it was. Uh, I think it was 2013 for me is when I went mm -hmm. full time, and it took me a lot longer. It took me seven years, I think, mm -hmm. to, before I was able to leave. But yeah. I. But uh, yeah, yeah living the media. living the dream. Slash nightmare. Um, I, yeah, I, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I just I wanted to, I wanted to let you know too that when when I talk it cuts your vol your voice out. So oh, okay. that's why I'm not like saying anything and I'm just nodding. <laughs> Normally I go, yeah. hmm, mm hmm, mm hmm. But it's like every time I do it, it I can't hear what you're saying. So that's why I'm kind of quiet when you're talking. Anyway. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> so so keep going. Is that it? Yeah. Um, no, I've got, I've got more going on. <laughs> yeah. You're teaching, right? You're teaching right now, aren't you? I am now. Um, yeah. So like 2012 to 2017, like five years of just upward mobility, social media game is like super strong. What was I your primary, uh, social media platform that in Instagram. Instagram? Yeah. Yeah. Um, same I here. Most I ever had was like 113,000 followers. It's gone down a little bit, but um, that's a lot. Yeah, reach. Yeah, I reached like a really solid point um, where I could credit Instagram for floating my career for several years. Wow. Was able to that access and reach to that many people who wanted to support my work, like that allowed me to like really, really take off. And I made some of my best work in that time because I wasn't super stressed about making ends meet. It was all just, isn't that nice. Going. Isn't that nice yeah. when that happens every once in a while. And then I had a baby uh -huh. in 2014, right in the middle of it. Because, oh, wow. <laughs> you know, that's the thing we do. Um, <laughs> so I was able to coast on all of that for a few years, even, you know, even with like a baby and not being able to produce much, Amazing. it was still, I was making a decent living off my prints and my online shop um, and the occasional illustration gig. I wasn't doing a lot of illustration yet. Um, I didn't even, here's the thing is when I was in art school, it was a fine art school. Illustration was a bad word, even though uh, I could come with like a James Jean covers book um, and show my professor and be like, well, what's this? Um, couldn't like really give me an answer, but I was like, well, this is what I want to do. I want, I want to pursue an illustrative style that I can also use to get, you know, client work that makes sense for me, which I am doing now. It mm -hmm. worked out, but I'm all those years ago. I just was like, how do I navigate this? I didn't feel like anybody was doing fine art. To in what, what, style. Right. Was it all kind of, was it one of those schools where it's like, you know, put a piece of wood <laughs> on a banana on the wall type stuff? Uh, no, not conceptual. <laughs> like old school old school old masters oh 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 okay okay usually because yeah. usually yeah. The, the story okay the story i've heard more often than not is like i wanted to learn illustration and it was more like mm -hmm. conceptual and it was more modern art but not yeah. not like this our scene and more I like i didn't have that experience okay that's good because <laughs> it's like the know, old, old masters are at least you know kind of yeah. you, could, you could apply was, that to illustration somewhat yeah i just had to well yeah narrative and mm -hmm. all of that so strong but um i just i had to work past this like blockage in my brain where like what is illustration i know right <laughs> I, I do it 
you know, I'm, I'm doing it, but I didn't know I was doing it. Right. You know? Um, but I think, you know, me and a bunch of other people, I feel like at the same time, we're all like moving into this, you know, illustrative graphic style in the fine art arena with, you know, pop surrealism and yeah, like uh, all that. Like there was, uh, Audrey Kawasaki and yes, I, there's like, there's a whole kind of little mini subset of folks like you that were doing this sort of like graphic, uh, illustrative, but it's, but, but that's what I thought that I always like that kind of work because it's like yeah that to me that's that is fine art to present illustration and gra and kind of graphic work presenting it as fine art is almost like that's what makes it fine art instead of illustration is just yeah the presentation really don't you yeah. think I think so. And, um, I think, you know, I think there's a lot more to it also where a lot of illustration is narrative heavy or narrative driven, Right. but say that fine art, especially, you know, like this era we're in right now, we're all really doing the same thing, mm -hmm. you know, just how, yeah, how you're presenting it. Is it going up on a wall at a gallery? Is it a painting right. or is it a illustration that, you know, could for all intents and purposes, like, do the same thing, print it out, put it on a wall and no one would know the difference. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just seems, I think yeah. It just seems like, uh, especially with, cause fine art is such a weird term and it's like, as artists, I'm sure this is the same with you. I think all artists generally are like, nobody gives a shit what you call it. We just want to make our work. We don't care what it's, yeah. We don't care what it's called. We just want to make our work. You can call it whatever you want. But it just seems like uh, a lot of what differentiates fine art from uh, illustration is that it's presented as fine art, even even mm -hmm. even uh, nar super narrative work. I mean, think mm -hmm. of like uh, Joe Coleman or something where he's got mm -hmm. like little stories going on and bubbles of people talking. Yep. It's like that's kind of like a comic book, but it's presented in a way that's like, oh, this is fine art. And it's, yeah. you know, anyway, just an interesting. So I think it's just so fascinating. Yeah. All, all the people breaking those rules. Like, is that not the purpose of what we do? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's the point. And then it's like, the point. <laughs> but, there's, but there's all these rules here set by the uh, right. kind of art establishment. It's like, no, this is illustration. This is bad. This isn't fine art. And it's like, you know. Yeah. So I had to like break out of that the yeah. art school that yeah. I was served up was like, this is fine art that's illustration that's commercial that's selling out you right. want to be you want to be like soulful and say something it's like why not both <laughs> i can i can do that <laughs> watch me do it um, <laughs> it's funny though they actually invited me back a couple of times um to talk to their current students uh -huh. they developed the illustration program after <laughs> left uh <-huh. laughs> i lo love it um ultimate vindication I know. And now, and now I'm a adjunct professor at an art college nearby teaching illustration. Yay. <laughs> it's like full circle. It's, it's, it's so good. I love it. You won. You won. <laughs> I did. I did. What did I win? Uh, I can't afford. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Yikes. This isn't what I was. Okay. <laughs> we'll figure it out. Yeah. Um, yeah. But figuring out, I also do comic cons and yeah, I'm working in comics now, which oh, is cool. a um, Evanescence uh, gave me the opportunity to 
not only do the interior art of one of the recent issues of the comic, but also got to write the story. So I had my very first writing credit on a 12 page comic that I made all the art for. And I did the main cover and the variant cover. And in my wild, it's never thought I'd do that. How long did it did it take you to do that? Because I that's one of the things I want to do. I, everyone knows who listens to the podcast. I've been talking about this where I want to I want to yeah. take my paintings and sort of put them in a com- comic book form. Yeah. I'm curious yeah. how long the uh, process took for you because I haven't done it yet. Um, so here's the thing is, I'll tell you how long I was given. Okay. Um, I had three months um, from start to finish, um, and I had some other bumps in the road actually hilariously uh the week before it was due the uh ai lawsuit was announced and so next it proceeded like one of the most stressful (laughs) weeks of my life trying to finish the comic and deal with all the you know my um (laughs) but yeah i had three months um but i give yourself like six months minimum because i feel like um there's just so much in the process that um is mentally exhausting that if you force yourself to do it in a really short amount of time i think you just you're just gonna burn yourself out yeah yeah um, I, I, i'm too I, at this point i'm too old to like i just i don't have this the the energy that i used to to, to yeah you to need like that. stamina it. like yeah. it's yeah i'm so <laughs> i just turned 37 and there are these young artists, you know, 20, 21, 22, 23, making incredible stuff. And they're like blowing up. And I'm like, Oh buddy, watch out for that burnout. It's gonna. (laughs) (laughs) And then you just have to drag yourself out of it over and over and over. And now I am, I'm just tired. Like all the time. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Yeah, It it gets, it gets worse when you're in your fifties. Believe me. (laughs) I believe you. I believe you. It's more like I got to pace myself now. It's just like, do you, do you have a lot of like, um, I don't know. Do you have all nighters anymore? Do you push yourself? Once I, I, yeah, not like I used to like in my, yeah. in my forties, I was pretty good. Cause I was I also, I was like desperate to get out of makeup effects in the film industry because I was so uh-huh. unhappy there. So it's yeah. like, I was really driven and, um, and I was able to do all kinds of all nighters. Like 30s, actually, I started uh, making that trend, trying to get out, trying to start a fine art career when I was 33 is when I made the decision. So yeah. like 30s, 40s. And um, now I recently, the thing is, I can do it if I have to, but then it takes me like, it ruins the week after. <laughs> the oh, week yeah, after, I'm just like, ah, oh, I can't do anything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So like that week when the lawsuit came out and I was, you know, trying to finish the comic i think i had like three all-nighters in seven days and it took me at least a few weeks to recover just mentally all of it but i'm so proud of the work i'm so proud of it um and i would do it again i hope i get to do it again but um man i can't push myself as hard as i want to anymore though i know (laughs) (laughs) wow that's cool so is it available the comic like, oh yeah so um i know it's online it was in comic shops back in february um but i believe they're releasing the first volume of the anthology next month cool. uh, and i have two comics in it and four covers and i think my art is on the cover of the anthology itself too so nice. i can't wait to see it i'm so proud of the work yeah it's congrats That's thank amazing. you thank That's you super cool 
I was a huge Evanescence fan in high school. Um, so it, it really was just wild getting that opportunity. That's just so dropped. How did you end up working with them? Um, apparently Amy Lee sought me out specifically for the project. I was the very first artist they reached out to and I didn't believe it. Um, <laughs> It like I thought for sure it was spam, but then it was through a heavy metal email address. So I had a contact there. I think, you know, put mm-hmm. a few people back in. Yeah. So it was legit. Um, and I got it in like November of 2020. Um, <laughs> and I just was like, this is, if this is real, I think I'm about to be woken up inside. <laughs> but no that is what happened like i was so depressed so i I hadn't been painting hardly at all just Mm. lost all the will and creativity to do anything at that point in the pandemic and so like it truly so i had three weeks to do the first painting and uh i listened to their music absolutely nonstop while i worked on it it was this incredibly immersive experience you know making art for the band listening to the music putting that directly into the piece that i'm making this like synergy was unreal um and when that was done i couldn't talk about it which sucked yeah (laughs) (laughs) i had to wait like three months to finally be like oh my god you guys um It was a real turning point, especially in the pandemic, because I just, yeah, I needed, I needed that so badly. I had no idea. That's so cool. That's awesome. Wow. Yeah. You've, so you've, uh, obviously done a lot. Um, are you, are you, uh, like me in the sense that you're, you're, you're making most of your money from your web store? Yep. Like Mm -hmm. print sales and stuff. Originals that often. Okay. I right. Moving them. Um, some years are better than others. Mm-hmm. Um, I say this year has been better, um, and I think it might be a response to AI art and people being interested in sudden, you know, supporting my original work, which is super cool. Um, but yeah, the bulk of my income is from my online shop mm-hmm. and like four Comic Cons a year like New York Comic Con and Dragon Con and a couple others. Okay. Um, And that's about it. But I did pick up my teaching gig recently because like, I literally have not been able to make men's meet for like, like a year now. Mm -hmm. Um, It has been unbelievably stressful just every month trying to make sure I have enough to pay, Uh, (laughs) enough to uh, pay my utilities. You know, my tell me. That's great. Yeah. I I complain Um, about it all the time. (laughs) Yeah. just like hold on so i've worked this hard for this long and now i feel like i'm back to square one just trying to get by and now my rent's like three times as much so i don't i don't know nothing makes sense anymore man (laughs) um so i picked up the teaching gigs i was like i really need something consistent um that also serves a purpose for me um it's been great so far because i'm getting to work directly with the next generation of artists yeah and especially right now, um, in my personal response to AI, my fear of um, generative AI taking young artists in a direction where they feel like they have to compromise um, for speed, for quality or whatever, by using generative AI instead of developing their own skills. Like I'm 
worried about that. Mm. I'm worried about um, current art students, you know, not even getting an opportunity to paint because they're being pushed into, you have to use these programs and these brushes and these things. Like, we're going to lose the fundamentals. And I'm like super concerned about that. Um, And just the next generation of artists in general. And so I am... so I am very lucky. I have this job where I'm I'm getting to work with my own directive purpose, I feel like, you know, paying it forward, working with the next group of kids. And uh, I love it so far. They're yeah. great. They're cool. Yeah. And you, you also, you, you know, you were going to do that in college. So it's kind of like anyway, you're coming back it around. Gonna be, it was going to be like high school students. This is right. way better. <laughs> cool. Way better. What what what? Who are you teaching? What what? Uh, so right now I have one class, and I'm going to pick up a few more in the fall. Um, but I'm teaching something called alternative mediums, which is basically a painting class. So I get to teach these students how to use watercolor, how to use acrylic. I'm supposed to teach them oil soon. Oh, cool. Uh, what age? Uh, they're like 19, 20 oh, years perfect. old. They're within their first few semesters. I think they're in their third semester. Yeah. But they're all illustration students. Excellent. And I adore them. They're all fantastic. That's so cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah I, I love it. I started um, teaching as just like, uh, 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 I got offered to, I think around 2010 maybe, for a tattoo convention. Because, all mm-hmm. you know, so many tattooers paint now and and at the time yes. they were wanting to learn to paint so um the tattoo the the painting classes at tattoo conventions or, or seminars or whatever were pretty popular so i started doing that and uh it made me so much of a better painter i could i had no idea because it's like i was never really interested in teaching i just never really i don't know i just it never my mom was a teacher so i don't know maybe i got i got it in me somewhere to teach because mm-hmm. I, I was pretty good at it too like i'm pretty good yeah. at teaching and um i had no idea though i had no idea and i liked it <laughs> so yeah. it's like once i had to i had to break down my process and like go, okay what am i doing because i was always super intuitive with how i uh, uh right. learned to paint and i would read books and i taught myself kind of how to paint so it was all like inside my head it wasn't mm-hmm. you know i didn't go to school or anything so it was not verbalized even though i was reading words so it was really super valuable to me as an artist to um you know it's kind of classic you know this teacher learns from the student kind of situation too because you oh really... totally it just reinforces everything you know right, right? um even yeah it, it's a whole other skill mm-hmm. to Take what you know and translate that into words and uh, and demos to people so that they can understand it. It's that, um, have you heard of the curse of knowledge? What's that? The curse of knowledge. No. Exactly what it sounds like, where it's just uh, (laughs) you are such an expert at what you specifically do that you don't even realize how much you know how mm. much uh, knowledge you contain yeah. because then you go to try to explain it you're like well i don't know how um i don't know it's a whole thing <laughs> oh but yeah no, kind of like, yeah you get it it's yeah. uh it's kind of challenging sometimes because I'll feel sometimes like what do what do i know i mean i know how to do what i do but mm. what know how to tell someone else how to do something right like i do i do actually have i have the knowledge i yeah. just have to fill it yeah um, but it's it's cool fun fun little 
art brain mind games that yeah. we do our, like imposter syndrome and all that stuff. <laughs> it's, it's also uh, really rewarding. That's because I, I do um, on my Patreon, I do these mentorship things where I teach yeah. kind of teaching and, and giving people advice. And it's like to see people, uh grow as an artist is like mm -hmm. again again this was like i gotta make money with my patreon what what do i have to offer okay i'll do a mentorship thing i you know i think i maybe i have something to offer and uh the students love it and mm -hmm. and and uh and uh but i didn't i didn't expect seeing the pro them make progress from you helping them and just it's just like wow so rewarding i didn't it's like i got yes. this added bonus on top of it that it's like yeah. wow exciting i look forward to meeting these with these people to see their progress and it's yeah. really cool yeah it's amazing it's such a nice it's such a cool perk to yeah. all of it um so i've been kind of like I, I think i mentioned i've been kind of burnt out on my career because i'm just so focused on making ends meet that mm -hmm. you know the creativity is just not as ample as it used to be because I'm so stressed. Um, so taking some time away from my practice to go and teach is kind of refueling yeah. me a bit, like working with the students and remembering why I love what I do right. and, and why it is, you know, and be able to share that with them and see them pick up something and, and do it themselves. It's, it's magic. It's magical. Yeah, really? Um, um, and it's just kind of like, I know it's going to help cure this burnout. It's, it's part of why I got back into it. Is it yeah. Recording. It feels good. Excellent. That's so cool. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. yeah uh, uh, I, this is why I have all these little mini paintings. I have, yes. I'm, Cause I, my wife went to the dentist yesterday and I had to put, it was so expensive. I had to put it on two different I had to find two credit cards that had enough money on it. Yeah. And I had to put it, split the payment on two credit cards. And I'm like, I got to make some, I got to seriously make some money. So it's like, oh, I got, I'm doing these little, you know, yeah. these were really popular. I, the first time around, I made a little yeah. frame and it's like, I love them. <laughs> and then yeah. my, my daughter-in-law is like, they're so cute. And she's not really even into dark art. Uh, yeah. But, but anyway, it's like, I, I have to bust these out. Yeah. I have to bust yeah. these out so that I can try oh, yeah. and pay so on that credit card or it's going to, I'm already so yeah. I'm already in debt. And it's like, to, it's like, I just added like $7,000 more debt. It's like, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. this is so fucked, <laughs> but this is like life as an artist. People don't realize yeah. it. You know, this is the way it is. Yeah. And it's like, There's okay. So there's so many projects that I've picked up specifically. Cause I'm like, okay, I have to make this amount of money by, by yep. this time, how can I, how do I do that? Yeah. I keep doing it because I get resourceful <laughs> or something. Yeah, you I have to. Live in this capitalist yeah. system. Exactly. It's like, that's kind of the, the issue um, I keep saying about, uh, you know, AI, uh, you know, it seems yeah. like a good time to maybe start talking about that, but, yeah. uh, uh, this is, it's more of a, like a, a capitalism problem than anything is the fact yeah. that all these artists are like their jobs are threatened because of this new technology and, and mm -hmm. artists are so desperate to have to make money to do what they love and what they're meant to do um as much as you know yeah ai is kind of a symptom but it's like this is a this is a problem but the whole system is just so completely fucked up 
Yeah. You know, yeah. That, that we have to basically work ourselves to death or or work a job we hate. It's like that those are yeah. those aren't good alternatives. Those aren't good yeah. options, you know. I read somewhere somebody wrote that um AI is the solution to a problem that doesn't exist. Right. Yeah, yeah. That's kind of that's uh, uh <laughs> yikes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let, let, let me tell you let me tell you first where 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 I stand on AI. Just so Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Um I had uh, 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 what's his name? Steven Zapata. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, he's fantastic. Yeah. Cause, cause at first I was like, oh, this is really cool. Before I knew anything about AI. This is amazing. This is cool. I think all the things I could do, I can, um, uh, if I need some reference instead of like going online yeah. and snagging a photo of some, you know, cause that's kind of mm -hmm. like stealing too. And it's like, we all do it. You take pictures off the internet or if you yeah. can't, if you can't, if you can't photograph them yourself, if you need reference. Yeah. Right. Which I don't usually use reference anyway, but it's like there's times yeah. when I need it. So I was like, oh, I can I can render something out quickly, you know, whatever. I could see the practical uses. I could uh, automate this and that, just like you were saying earlier. Yeah. And and then I heard Steven's argument against Image AI's video, and I was like, oh man, <laughs> it's like this is fucked up. And yeah. uh, so so I had him on. Then I saw my friend. I had my friend Meets Meyer on, who's like super pro AI. And he's a good friend mm -hmm. of mine, and I know he's like a, mm -hmm. he's a good guy. He's not a oh yeah. He's acting in good faith, as they say. Right, right, right. Super cool guy. So I had him on, and he kind of talked about his perspective. Mm -hmm. And I know that he is like he's a, he's a true artist as far as like digital people and visual effects. He's he's a real artist that does dig, digital effects. He's not like yeah. a, like a technician kind of guy. Anyway, so I kind of had both of them on to sort of like talk about two sides of the the two sides of the issue because you know how it is online it's very contentious it's yeah it's, it's yeah so mm -hmm. i i guess i where i landed was i do think the technology is amazing i do think it would be useful but not necessary for me but it would be helpful probably but the way that it was created is totally fucked up and uh evil and and uh and i think that uh you know it, it definitely it could have it's i already see it i already see it now what i'm saying what i the way i see it is like taking so far what i've seen is taking low wage like graphics on a news feed where they're, instead of using a picture of elon musk going like, uh, it's got like an ai mm -hmm. picture of him mm -hmm. And yeah. it's like, you see it just like seeping slowly into the culture. But, um, I think, I think it's not as dangerous as I was initially worried about for illustrators because everybody hates it so much that when yeah. you, when someone, when, when, really hard to make sure everybody hates no, 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 when, when a publisher because you've seen it you know when a publisher uses an ad a picture an ai everyone gets so pissed yes. so yeah. so that's been like a kind of a good thing for illustrators and people who make their living that way uh, so anyway I, I do you know i so that's kind of my take on it and um mm -hmm. uh and it feels like it's just it's got to be worked out in the courts and and because the copyright law isn't really um equipped to deal with it it seems no, it's right not. yeah 
that. So that's yeah. Mm-hmm. So so um, so I'm glad that they're, that they're getting sued basically because it needs to be something mm-hmm. needs to be figured out because it's like yeah everyone yeah, we're be- trying to set the precedents for how it's handled and that is essentially what the case I'm a part of is is doing right. And it's, um, it's like you know they, they people should be getting paid if they're if they're work was used it's like yeah. the way i say, uh, was saying it online it was like it's bad enough that you went and took all our fucking images without asking the least you could do is offer some kind of compensation even that would be not cool because you didn't ask first but since right. you did it already how about just offering some money up mm-hmm. or something so we don't feel yeah. like total idiots right you know just yep. a matter of respect yeah and yep. uh so, uh, one more thing and then you can go yeah. then you can go i want to hear, hear your thoughts but one more thing because i'll forget because i think I, I think i got add but i'm not sure but uh, oh, I'm a- <laughs> um yeah. if i don't say something i'll forget it uh yeah. the thing that another thing that bothers me is i never see uh people that are really anti-ai i never hear them say uh admit the benefits of it admit that there are good parts about it that are potentially useful and then the people yep. that are super pro ai never address the the stolen art issue it's like they, they act like it never like they won't even address it yep. and like that that's you don't think that's a reasonable concern come on i mean it's like let's be real about it you gotta like you say that you love it but at least admit that it was like dishonestly it was done in a way that was dishonest and disrespectful to artists you know anyway okay Absolutely. so you go now <laughs> yeah oh no 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 thanks for sharing all that um i'm totally with you on almost all of that um so when i was first learning about the technology um really really finally happening i think this was like march 2022 so like a little over a year ago um i was like pretty excited so i was like okay so if this is going to work the way I think it's going to work, I will be able to put my artwork into a data set, create a data set with my art um, and maybe the art of my historical influences. So people who are dead mm-hmm. and there's no longer a, a copyright, you know, attached to their work. So if I did that, I would be just so morbidly curious to see what an algorithm would create with the information that I'm serving it. It would be an ethical system and a closed system so that nobody has access to my entire, you know, breadth of work, you know, 15 years of work. Um, That's what I thought was going to happen. I thought, you know, and I thought there was, you know, going to be a massive database, which, you know, ended up happening. Um, Instead of scraping the entire internet, like, you know, thinking that's fair use, uh, it would be made up of copyright-free material, creative commons, uh, you know, people who have consented Mm -hmm. to having, you know, maybe their stock photography in there uh, or their own artwork or photography, Um, you know, licensed stuff. Let's say, what if they have reached out to Getty and Getty was like, okay, yeah, for this fee, we'll license all of your photography. That would, I mean, that's so powerful. Right. it could have been an ethical system. Totally. It could have been. And how, know, many with, ar- how many artists would have been like, yeah, you know, for a nominal right. amount would have been like, yeah, I'll give consent. And it wouldn't have even had yeah. to have been that much because we already yeah. make so little compared to, exactly. you know, the rest <laughs> of the world. How many of 
something on society six and, and make 25 cents when someone buys it. Like we're right. obviously willing to do that. Right. Um, <laughs> uh, so it kind of felt like it was all there, but somebody decided along the way, like, Oh no, we're not going to ask permission. We're just, we're just going to take at will because the law is not cut up. We know the loopholes. We, we know what we can get away with and what uh, legislation and the law will take years to catch up. They were right about that. Um, that's so unethical. It's so totally unethical. Yeah. So when I saw Mid Journey start becoming really popular last summer, I believe it was still in beta. Um, and that's when we started seeing these like fully fledged beautiful like beautiful candy colored right all these you know interesting organic looking things happening on on the you know um i was like well this is really fascinating and beautiful and how are they doing this exactly you know so i started doing my research and stuff and i find out a lot of these beautiful images are using prompts that include the names of artists who are alive Mm -hmm. and working today um and eventually i find out what the fuck my name is in there my name is in this database that these companies midjourney you know specifically midjourney encouraging their users to try adding the names of artists to your prompts to get more interesting results that's right i i heard that on the interview yeah. on kcrw that yeah just to be clear there was a there was a kind of a, a list of instructions or something to, telling people how to use it and your yeah. name was there was, they would say Try mixing, try putting in an artist's name and your name was in mm-hmm. one of those. The, your, in, in one of them, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, so we, I mean, this is all publicly available information, so I'm not saying anything nobody knows about. Right. Uh, yeah, through different iterations of their website, they would tell their users, you know, try to get more creative results by using the names of artists. And in one such paragraph, they list, you know, a few dead artists, but a bunch of living artists too. I was not in that specific paragraph but it was just an example. Oh, okay, um, okay. They would also direct their users to these uh, user-created databases of artists' names, along with like whole spreadsheets of like, okay, this is what happens to this image. If you add their name, you know, it's like a this plus wow. this equals, <laughs> and here's how you get your style, and here's some words to use with it. I mean, just like totally breaking us all into just weird data points. You get, can, Imagine though, from like you have to okay, just totally as a devil's advocate. Imagine yeah. being a kid who's in this like uh, into this sort of thing. Imagine how fun it would be to have this oh, machine yeah. that where you could make these prompts. You don't oh, have to have any talent, uh, artistic mm-hmm. talent. And um, I could see why people are kind of so got so addicted to it because it does sound well, like. A, it fun, delivers the a fun game or a fun hobby kind of in a way you yeah. know what i mean oh for sure and and it there's no reason it couldn't have remained that right. um especially if they wanted to you know suggest using the names of artists give them artists who don't you know don't get yourself in illegal trouble and name living artists like it seems so obvious right yeah right right um but they didn't do that well, uh, imagine so if we were all making 25 or whatever making a, or a something any yeah. every time yeah. someone typed a thing and we'd all be making yeah. money and we'd be like this is great <laughs> so my name as of december 2022 was used over twelve thousand times in the journey alone oh, and God. i had this moment of rage when i discovered that 
it was like, what if I had been just paid like $1, $1, right. that's life-changing money. Yep. I'm a single mom, I live yep. by myself, you know, I'm being priced out of the city I live in. And so just like seeing that, I mean, so yeah, not which long ha- after. And how, 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 how much money are they valued at? It's like, this, oh God, I don't even, I can't. People are just throwing yeah. money at them. Yeah. So when, when me and all these other artists who are paying attention and being like, where's this technology going to go? Um, do they not realize how unethical it is? So I kept like trying to reach out to MedJourney and other companies and being like, hey, I don't, I never consented to this. Oh, interesting. I don't want, it, when I figured out how it was working, at first I was really trying to keep an open mind because I legitimately was and still am excited for the potential use of the technology. Mm, that's cool. When it's because I, I too, I use reference in my work. Um, I either photograph a model that I hire or I use uh, stock images that I pay for. Mm. Um, but I was like, well, what if, what if I were able to create my reference from AI and especially like as a now doing comics, um, what if I could just generate the room of a scene I'm working on yeah. or something? I mean, it would just speed up my process so much so that I could just, you know, essentially trace over the reference right. and I saved myself like six hours of work. Yeah. Right. Um, you know, there are so many possibilities and I still think this stuff is possible, right. but, um, yeah. So I started getting like kind of upset to see my name become like one of these super popular prompts, like my name, my right. name, like what else? At the end of the day, what else do I have? Right. Except for my, that is my whole identity. Yeah. You know, I've fought for my name. Um, you know, it's, I have all history <laughs> with just me. It's me. Right? right. Um, so seeing that, just losing my agency in that way was one thing, but then discovering which of my artworks were scraped and used for this Lion 5B database and with 5 billion images, um, there are over 50 of my paintings in there and counting. Mm-hmm. Um, I stopped at 50, like six or something. Cause I was right. just like, I got to, I got to step back. Cause it's been really emotional every step of the way. I bet. But what's happened is every single one of those pieces, I have a different relationship with now. Like my relationship with that artwork is now altered forever mm. because it, it, you know, when you sell a painting, you're like, okay, this is no longer, this is, no longer mine. I'm passing it on. It's going into the world. You know, you hope it's well taken care of, right? Mm-hmm. Um, people who own the painting appreciate it and respect it. They're not like going and burning it or stepping on it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that's how I felt about every one of those pieces was that the life of those artworks, I tr- entrusted it to the world as I shared that work, you know, just trying to create community and, and build my career that taken away from me and violated Mm. and used for profit Mm. when I'm struggling as hard as I am. It just all in this kind of like, I don't know what to do, but I really have to do something. And I was also just kind of at this point in my career where, you know, I was reaching burnout. I mean, I was definitely burned out last year doing better now, but, um, I was burned out. I was broke. I was, uh, leaving a long-term relationship. Um, so starting over completely. Um, and I just kind of felt like I have nothing left to lose. I have nothing else left to lose, like all of that at the same time. So I just felt rock bottom. 
Um, and then Carla Ortiz reached out to me after I wrote a post that went viral about how I felt about my work being scraped and violated. Mm -hmm. And this was after the Lenza app came out and we saw all of our friends make those pretty portraits with. Um, so my rant came after that where I was just like, Oh, that, okay. So we need to talk about AI art, right? Um, Carla reached out and asked if I was interested in potentially working together to form a lawsuit, um, class action lawsuit. And I adore Carla. She, um, she back in like 2016 gave me a portfolio review when Mm. I was showing up at, I think it was like spectrum or something. One of those conventions. Um, I admire her. I, she, she's just absolutely brilliant. And so when she wanted to talk to me about that, I was just, yeah, I, whatever you want, like you're amazing, such an advocate for the Mm -hmm. arts being called to something that I could actually make a difference in. Right. Um, so I was like, yeah, I got, I have nothing left. I have nothing left to lose. So yes, let's go. Let's do this. Um, <laughs> and then our lawsuit got announced in January. And it's been just, I've started like a whole new chapter of my life since. Oh, so in fact, that's, that's great. <laughs> yeah. That's <Yeah>. amazing. <laughs> uh, yeah. And it's, yeah. and, uh, I don't know what you can talk about. I'll, I'll ask if you can't talk about yeah. it. Just tell me you can't. There's not much I can't talk about. Okay. So what is it that you think can come of this lawsuit? Or what, what are you hoping will come from the yeah. lawsuit? Like I, in practical terms. Right. So I hope to see all the artists with artwork in that database. At minimum, those with registered copyrights. Um which I'll be honest, and this isn't a surprise, and this is, you know, publicly available information. I don't, I never registered any of my work because I was under the, you know, the impression that I didn't have to, like that we don't have to as artists, we don't have to register everything we make because there's only, right. Only if you need to prove. Only if you need to prove. And I was like, in what case would I do that? Well, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, anyway, so, but you know, there are other people in our lawsuit who do have the registered copyrights. So at minimum, I want to see the artists with registered copyrights whose work was unethically scraped and put in part of that database. I want to see everyone compensated. I want to see every one of us compensated. They got the fucking money too. That's what kills me when I think about it. They, they have they the just, money. They took and they, they took from a group of people that they didn't expect to stand up and fight. Right. You know, um, because they 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 could have done this to the music industry too, but they chose yep. to only scrape, uh, you know, le- legal things. So they're not, they're not, they didn't want to fuck with the music industry, yeah, they, but they, they kind of screwed themselves in that way with, yeah, by, by, like, you know, cause that's like a tell right there that they didn't yeah. do it to the music. industry. Oh yeah. No, they knew. Um, yeah, no kidding. Um, <laughs> but, Oh, there was something I was going to say. Uh, da, da, da. Oh yeah. Okay. So what I want, um, you know, I want to see all the artists compensated uh, because we deserve to be compensated. They are making a ridiculous amount of money off of free data, our data, our work. Um, and yeah, I want to see us compensated. I want to see them held accountable, not just money. I, I want to see them have to delete the data sets, all of them, start over, scratch it, mm. uh, so that means lie on five B. It, it it has to be 
It has to be scratched out. It's got to go. Um, start yeah, over. There's going to be a lot of AI people pissed off at you and Carla oh, if that happens. I, yeah. Um, it, it has, but it has to happen because yeah, right. that's dirty. So there are people trying to say that they have ethical AI art generators. It's a lie. Yeah. There's no such thing as an ethical art generator right now because virtually all of them work off a of stable diffusion, a version of it, which comes from either right. Lion 5 or one of the earlier data sets. Yeah. All of them raped unethically mm -hmm. um so if it's ever going to be ethical they have to delete those data sets and start over um and we know they're capable of it because they could have just done that from the beginning <laughs> do, do you think <laughs> it's, right do you think it's possible now though that it's got out in the, into the world like do other people have um, um i mean it's definitely possible but there's always going to be bad players right someone is always going to do the unethical thing but if as a result of this lawsuit or you know congress actually doing something about it it will be regulated and that will mean that um it has yeah hopefully that means new data get you know get rid of the old data they get a new one there will be bad actors who will make their own data sets like I, there's one that yeah. was for porn or something yeah mm -hmm. so um i don't know all those details specifically but yeah it can be done it's out there i don't know i mean we can't go back in time right, right? i saw one of uh, uh on, there was a website where people were selling stable diffusion i don't know what they call them, modules or something yeah. like or, yeah. and one there was one of mine and um but wow. all, the images all hey, look like shit though the lawsuit? what's that do you, to, you could join the lawsuit <laughs> you could totally push talk about it <laughs> okay um, they, they they looked so yeah, bad i, I was like i was surprised that they looked like shit like the sample images look terrible and they didn't oh, and they it, didn't look like my artwork either right so i yeah. don't know what the, the fact that somebody's like terrible quality. trying to just directly plagiarize your work i mean because that's what it is these are plagiarism slot machines right and everyone's getting a dopamine rush every time you know they prompt something new they feel like they're artists they feel like they're experiencing what we feel when we go through the whole process and journey of creating a piece of art but they're getting just like this really cheap you know right essentially dopamine from scrolling and tiktok videos and oh cool i can just make art now too right. we don't need it. <laughs> but so it's only as good is because our work is in there right right yeah yeah for sure so okay what do you say to the to the the people that say um it's just it's the way technology works it's what adapt. happens what's that yeah adapt yeah. adapt or adapt. die uh 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 what's the one there's a thing i always hear too that's like it's adapt or die i guess it's the basic idea of adapt or die is like you're fighting against you know it's you can't win against technology right uh i've heard i've, I've, I've heard, heard, heard all yeah <laughs> i heard carla yeah. make a really great point that it was like you know this is how copyright law started though by people mm -hmm. just like okay we have to make a law Right. And that's, there's, that's why there are unions striking right now, right. because you know there are no working conditions without the workers fighting for the conditions, because we can't trust our overlords to take care of us. They never have. Mm -hmm. So we, yeah, what I say to people who have a defeatist attitude or, you know, worse, want, you know, want me to give up and just, you know, first of all, I say, fuck off. Secondly, um, 
I see no other choice here. There is, I am never in my life, never in my life. If I just accepted a fate like that, as you know, because it's, it's not, you know, the future is not written. Mm. Um, And if anyone is going to fight back um, and make sure that artists are treated better, artists are compensated because what we do has value even though we are constantly trying to get taken seriously for what we value ourselves as no one's going to do it for us except for us. Mm -hmm. So that's why I'm, I, I am such a big part of this fight by choice is I, I can see no greater fight in my lifetime than I could possibly be a part of Mm. it. You know, I have the 15 years of experience of, you know, hundreds of paintings I have, I'm in the position to, um, I am the relatable artist, you know, the person that hopefully I can speak up for people who feel the same way, but don't have the energy to do any of it. Don't have the, the, the fight or whatever, but mm. yeah, I'm like, I'm pissed. Like I'm mad. I'm mad. I've put so much work into what I do. Why would I just like roll over and accept this? Right. Yeah. Like yeah. I'm not kidding. <laughs> <laughs> That's also the courage of urgency. Yeah. That ADHD here. And I'm just like, no, this doesn't compute. Like, I don't get it. I have no other choice. I have, I have to fight. Right. You know, why else am I doing any of this? <laughs> What's right. the point? Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's interesting, uh, uh, to think about. So, so what, um, what's, what's the process? Like as far as what, what happens with the lawsuit now, what's the deal? I mean, mm-hmm. so we have gone back and forth, you know, the defendants are being like, oh, you should dismiss this. And then we're like, uh, no, here's a bunch of facts and stuff. And we just go back and forth for a while. Uh, two days ago, we had our very first hearing. And this is probably the thing I can't speak too much about. Okay. But what I can say um, is that there are some people reading the transcripts to the hearing and thinking that we are going to be defeated. They are looking at what the judge said and what the defendant said, and they are like, oh no, the artists are going to lose. That was not my takeaway. My takeaway is that the judge did not dismiss anything with prejudice, which means that um, all of our complaints can go forward. Our complaints are several things, including, you know, the, the copyright concern. Um, so nothing was dismissed, which is, you know, what are, what the defendants want to happen. They want it all thrown out. Um, and we're being given an opportunity to tighten up our case. The judge literally listed everything that he wanted more clarification on. Mm. So he gave us a roadmap forward, um, and from what I'm hearing from my lawyers, our lawyers, is that this was, this is not surprising. It was pretty much expected because this has been the same result with the GitHub uh, lawsuit that they are also doing. So mm-hmm. there's another lawsuit. There's one ahead of us, and it's the one with the, uh, the programmers and the code and stuff. Right. So that lawsuit has so far gone the same way. Um, and the takeaway is that this is the very first step in a very, very long, years-long process, potentially. Yeah. Wow. Um, That's so how it I, happens, though. I mean, we it kind of feel like a David versus, versus Goliath situation because all of this is unprecedented. And, of course, our, uh, our opponents want everything thrown out because they're like, well, the copyright law says this is fine. And we're like... Yeah, copyright does law does not reflect the technology right. that we're in. That's like half the fight is just 
getting everyone to catch up and agree that, you know, these things do not match. Um, Does it, we're finding a lot of friends. Doesn't uh, copyright law also uh, say that people who, I mean, it doesn't it essentially say that people who create work with um, mid journey or stable diffusion, they can't copyright it, right? It's, that is the it's uncopyrightable. Yeah, that is the current ruling from the USCO is that anything AI generated cannot be copyrighted because there is no human element. Right. Um, so they're going back and forth, you know, people trying to copyright AI stuff. They're trying to be like, okay, what if it's all AI and somebody did a, a slight paint over in Photoshop? Right. Can we copyright? Right. So go back and forth and just push the envelope as hard as they can and see what will be accepted. I mean, I'm really interested to see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. It's an interesting. There's artists who will make a mock-up in an AI program and then go paint it right. the same exact image. So it's like, yeah, I'm really curious. Yeah. yeah I, the, I, there's even artists who do amazing cool stuff that I think is very legitimate to where they're yeah. rendering stuff in mid journey and then kind of, um, refining it mm -hmm. digitally in Photoshop and like collaging stuff together. And it's like, like right. Right. So it's a collaboration with AI. Right. Um, yeah. I, I don't know how that's going to go. Yeah. Um, I, I personally, I, I would so much rather see um, artists having a collaborative relationship with general generated AI and then, you know, I mean, it's so much better than somebody generating an image and just popping it onto Redbubble and then, you know, making money. <laughs> yeah. I would some other people put some some work into that. But, you know, right. uh, I can't control those people. So, you know, it's not right. my problem. Yeah, um. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, and, you know, it's um, the th here's the thing. What we do in the first place is archaic you know mm -hmm. we make paintings we make physical paintings it, they, it you know i think when uh photography was invented they said painting was dead back you know and it's like right. we're doing this thing now in the in the you know in modern times because it's still cool mm -hmm. it's still it's it's i i argue that with uh, you know the more things go digital the more physical art becomes even more important and more cool I'm and more valuable you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I I, I agree. I agree. Um, so, so just I, as, I don't know. Just as, 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 a, as a way to, I was just going to, I kind of, I guess I was saying it as like a, as a, as a, as a message of hope. <laughs> that, that, yeah. that as much as, you know, um, there, there oh. needs to be all this, there needs to be, oh, look at that. <laughs> this is Mochi. Hello, Mochi. Yeah, oh, sorry. Beautiful. Um, uh, as much as, I, I just feel like, um th there will always be painting and there will always be yeah. people that want paintings yeah. um physical paintings and you know because it's already just what we do it's hard to make a living because it's so niche but it still exists and people still mm -hmm. there are still people that just love a physical painting um mm -hmm. so i don't know why i brought that up i guess because because you're talking about the uh losing the to the generation the younger generation i feel like there's always going to be people that are still going to know that this is the cool the coolest thing yeah. to do is physical yeah. art you know what i mean oh yeah so um yeah i mean i think you're getting at 
this argument that is coming up a lot too is that you know some people are super doomsday or about and they're like ai is going to replace all artists we're all going to lose our job there is no future and then you know then the opposite and i'm kind of i'm in the middle i'm in the middle i'm very concerned that a lot of entry-level illustration gigs are now definitely gone those are gone gone. those are gone entry-level illustration jobs yeah. And, you know, there could be a positive side effect where that means maybe mid-level illustration jobs, the ones that actually pay a little better um, and are more life-sustaining. I don't know. Maybe they'll be, I don't know how it's going to go, but I, you know, I know those entry-level jobs are, I mean, there's, they're gone. Yeah. They're going to be. <laughs> yeah. um, and then also just kind of the, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? The, Um, I don't know. I don't know. That starts with an I. I can't find it anyway. I'm gonna move on from that thought. Um, yeah, I'm. You know, every every time there's a new technology, artists find a way to break the bounds of it. Mm-hmm. So right now, we're just seeing the very very basic results of these what these programs are capable of doing. I think um, a big part of the fight right now is to make sure that it's ethical in the future. Yeah. It's not going to go away. Um, I don't necessarily want the tech. I don't want the technology to go away. I just want it to be done. Like do it better, do it better. And you know, how, how can any, here's the thing. It's like, it's, it's so, um, polarized online, you know, as everything is, but I don't, I don't see how any, it seems like people that are really into AI should be on board with this to me, because it's like, don't you want a sustainable model that you can feel good about and that that you wouldn't, that you can use and not have to feel any sense of like, this is kind of shitty using it. You know what I mean? Cause it's like, that's, that's basically, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't have, no, much... I'm with you. I, want, I want, I want the ethical generator to exist because I know there are people who want to use it. And yeah. I, if it does exist, I would probably, you know, just as a result, a lot of this want to support that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just, I'm surprised at more, uh, oh, I got an itch in my back. <laughs> uh, I'm just surprised that, uh, more pro AI people aren't like supportive mm-hmm. of it. It just seems like you're, so, you're either like, just do it go full steam ahead fuck everything else just you know yeah. adapt or die and then you know it, it's, it's those are the people <laughs> bought a bunch of 40 nfts so i don't know i don't know how it's gonna go for <laughs> yeah um <laughs> i just want to say that <laughs> i did want to say um oh no it disappeared oh i know Buzz- I, do, I do this every episode every episode oh it was a good one. Oh wait 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 yeah i figured <laughs> Okay. So here's the thing is that we have enough information now that if you just serve a generator, AI generated images, it collapses on itself. I know. I saw right. that the other day. That Cannibal was funny. Yep. And so it's like, well, that's why you need human artists and their consent to have your generator in the future. Cause like, as it is right now, like it is kind of funny to think that like, if they don't fix the problem and there's so many obvious solutions to the problem, if they don't fix it, they're just, they're, it's all going to crumble. Yeah. Yeah. Which is so funny. <laughs> yeah, That's my, my friend, uh, Steve Clef. I don't know if you know him, but he's, yeah, uh, I know him. yeah, he's great. Um, yeah. 
he just posted that on on threads he was like yeah, yeah. everyone keep sharing your ai art because, because it's totally rooting the it's rooting the data <laughs> the the uh it is. It's, it's kind of yeah, it's kind of funny if they just fill up the internet with ai generated stuff it, that will be the fall of the internet like i just <laughs> mark my words it's gonna crumble and i'm so ready i'm ready <laughs> like, let me go back to bed because i'm like i'm done with it all <laughs> <laughs> yeah so no more chicken. <laughs> just please and <laughs> <End> the brain. <laughs> Yeah, it, 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 I, I'm just, uh, you know, uh, I guess my point was I'm surprised that it just seems like there's there's the two side, the two camps, mm -hmm. and it just seems feels like, and they're just the loudest ones. That's all, you know. Yeah. People that don't have loud, you know. But it's like I see. <laughs> it's just it's disturbing to also I see on the uh, the anti AI side too, people um, saying horrible things to the pro ai people like terrible things it's like yeah this doesn't serve either side no. people you know what no. i mean yeah um, so yeah it's real gross and, it, it's, and it's and it's i i just i i i feel like i don't know i i feel like it's the onus is sort of on the ai people to come over to the come over and at least entertain the i people who are on the on the I want to say anti-AI, but that's not what it is. On the more skeptical... Pro-ethical AI. Yeah, pro, okay, okay. I'm like, yeah. Okay, should come over... It should be on them to come over more to the pro-ethical uh, AI side because um, these are... It's in everyone's what, what was that? It's everyone's best interest to do so. True, it's, yeah, it's, it's in everyone's best interest. And it's also... These are the people that got their work used without the permission. So they do, even if they do have a right to be angry, that's the thing. It's like you, if you can't understand why people are upset, how it's like, how could you not understand why someone be, would be upset and afraid that they're going to lose their living? And, and again, yeah. again, that comes back to like, this really is like a capital capitalism issue right. ultimately, but you can't understand why people are so upset. Really? They're, they're, they've built careers over 10, 15, 20 years, yeah. and, and they may just lose their jobs because of something like like this. Well, yeah, because my big fear is that, you know, it, if, if someone's able to type in my name instead of hiring me to do their book cover, why would they hire me? Why right. would they do that? Right. If they could, you know, get something close enough, you right. know? Right. Yeah. So, so it's like, <laughs> it's, I've, that's, I mean, I always thought it was a very, it's a reasonable concern whether you are one of these gung ho AI people or not. It's it's a uh, it's reasonable to understand why people would be concerned about this. So it's like <laughs> at least come over and be like, I, I it's just if every every it's like it could be just like you're saying AI could be good for everybody if if it was done this this ethical way. And there wouldn't be this fighting and everyone could use it the way they want to use it. And it would be awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, the, the powers that be. But that never happens. <laughs> about, about their capital and profits yeah. and their um, really bonkers dystopian, or uh, sorry, utopian um, future, future, futurist thing. I don't know. Yeah. Have you heard about that? Like uh, the Silicon Valley 
like AI bros are really obsessed with this like utopian idea that AI is supposed to bring us. Oh, I, I've heard one of the when I was when when I first started researching it, I saw an interview with this kid. Man, he was young too. He must have been like twenty years old, and he was like an engineer, an AI engineer, nineteen years old or something. And um, and he was like, uh, "It's gonna save the world. It's gonna save everything. No one's gonna have jobs." And it's and it's like, man, you know, the last time I heard something that was too good to be true, it was crypto and nfts yeah. we saw that worked out we, i remember yeah. at the time thinking like this is too good to be true because you know these things were selling for so much i'm like mm -hmm. this is either the most amazing thing in my lifetime or it's it's too good to be true but but yeah. i mean come on it's like let's not be naive here we know how this goes mm -hmm. you know it mm -hmm. never is like that oh, when there's no. a financial gain behind it you know exactly Exactly. <laughs> so, you know, I'm choosing to be cautiously optimistic, mm -hmm. you know, including the lawsuit and, and just in general. Um, yeah. But so I recognize that there is no just wait and see, because if you have a wait and see attitude, then whatever comes, you're just going to have to accept. Right, and right. I, I'm not willing to do that. I, you know, um, so I have the time and I have the energy and I'm very passionate about it. And so that's good. You know, that's good. Find out to be a part of this fight for, you know, years to come. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I just, I, again, I keep going back to, it's like, how could anybody not be in agreement with what you're doing? You know, I appreciate I appreciate that. Um, there are some like really nasty emails in my inbox that would say otherwise. <laughs> yeah. I'm curious what the rationale is like, what, because other, it, it comes down to like, it's affecting me. That's all yeah. I, I could think of is like, it messes well, with my um, toy, my yeah. cool thing. Yeah. <laughs> that's the only yeah. reason that they would. Uh -huh. It's a novelty. And I think people who are that obsessed with a novelty, probably don't have much else going on in their lives that they feel good about. And they're very, very attached to something. Yeah. And they could be entitled. They feel entitled. You know, there's a lot of people who also feel suddenly that they are artists. Like they legitimately feel like they're being creative and right. like they, they, they believe they're making an image appear out of nowhere. Um, and I would love people to know that experience, but not in this form, you know, I'd be like, please come, let me teach you how to paint. Like, mm -hmm. let, let go to a class, you know, pick up a pencil. We're not, it's not democratizing art. Art has never been, it's, it's art isn't being gatekeeped. Right. You know? Yeah. I totally thought that was a stupid point. Gate gatekeeping. So, give me a yeah. fucking break. No, if you no, want to see no. gatekeeping, go to the NFT space. That's the other thing. <laughs> it's like web three is democratizing everything and it's all no gatekeeping in web three and it's like it's the most gatekeepery uh space there is where like but that's beside the point but no uh, that doesn't surprise me at all it's yeah. so it's exactly like regular life popular people get put mm -hmm. ahead of everybody else and they make yeah. all the money it's like this is just a systemic problem it's always going to be there no matter what yeah. you do unless you go fix the underlying system but again but i think uh, yeah a lot of the people who who you know, feel entitled to whatever, you know, success looks like for you or me, even though we're like, you know, super in debt and mm. you're struggling 
pay bills. Like, I don't think either of us are in this because like it's making us money. Oh if yeah, no, yeah. About money, I would be. I I wouldn't be doing any of this. I would have stayed. Um, yeah, I would have stayed in the movie business. It was uh, right. A pretty easy yeah. job, you know. Yeah. I worked. I had weekends off in the movie business. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I fantasize about having a nine to five job where you know, I go home at night and just literally like not have to worry about anything and do things on the weekends and have a normal sleep schedule. But right. no, I way long ago that there's no going back for me. <laughs> I, I, but I, I do, uh, I say, I often, I've said this, this analogy many times on the podcast is like I, when I left, uh, the film business, I thought it would be, let me see. So you can see, I thought this is, this is where I, where I was uh, with my career. I thought it would be like this much cooler to be mm -hmm. a fine artist. And it w turned out it was like this much cooler. So, yeah. so it is better. Yeah. It's better. Yeah. I'm happy with the decision, but it's not like as amazing as far as the money and just it's mm -hmm. there's there's a lot of challenges that come along with being your own boss that they don't tell you about like making yeah. yourself work when you don't want to and that keeping a schedule yeah. and the, the money and everything. But um, yeah. And if you get sick, you don't make money. If right. you, you know, it's all dependent on you, Yeah, um, which is good too. I like that. I like that. I, like I, I succeed or fail on my own merits. Mm -hmm. I do like that. It's like, and so when you do succeed, you feel good. Cause it's like, you really did do it yeah. all by yourself kind of, Yeah, yeah. Well, you know? Uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm glad, I'm glad. I think it's, it's a kind of a privileged position, but it's very difficult to do. It's very it difficult very, to make a living doing it. Yeah. It, it's, it's extremely difficult. Um, your resolve has to be insane. Can't be easily knocked over. Yeah. You can't knock yourself over or you just, yeah. Um, and I had set myself up like I had several really, really, really good years and I had good health. I had, you know, everything was pretty stable. But then as soon as I started dealing with like some chronic illness issues, mm. like I watched my income just like, yeah. just like disappear, completely disappear as a result of me having illness. I had no control over yep. or the pandemic, you know, we all just, went, <laughs> we all just went through finding out, you know, what happens if you can't travel for shows or right. lost all my comic-con income and things like that. So we are constantly being tested in new environments, mm -hmm. new circumstances, new technology, you know, um, you have to be adaptable. You have to be responsive. Um, and you have to remain creative somehow through all of it. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. That's, that's the other thing. It's like, you gotta, yeah. okay. You got to make a bunch of these little, okay. You got to make a bunch of these little paintings so you can mm -hmm. pay for the dentist, your yeah. wife's dentist. And then you got to still make them really cool and be yeah. super creative with it and be inspired. Yeah. It feel inspired. You just have to do it. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's like, it's a whole other trip to like, mm -hmm. I got to get myself in a mindset where I can really do a good job on these. Cause I don't yeah. want to, I just, I don't put half-ass workout. I just don't right. do it. It's like, right. Yeah. I can't do it either. <laughs> you want watercolor sketches? No, nah, man. Like you can't do that. Don't ask me that. Um, but yeah, I have to gaslight myself into like, I have to pump myself up into like, every time I sit down to paint, just be like, yeah, bitch, you can do it. Today's the day. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like a, a, I light a candle, I, you know, right, yeah. right. 
Yeah, no, I've got a routine. It's like I got to put some. Uh, I haven't done music in so long, but I got I I do like a movie. I'm like a movie nerd from. Okay, life. yeah. So I'll, yeah, I got my. Uh, do you CD. so do you rewatch a lot of stuff? Oh yeah, like all old yeah. stuff that I don't need to pay attention to because I know it. And like old yeah. horror movies and stuff, I just throw them on. Or if it's like a TV series that I really like, mm -hmm. but or documentaries because you can kind of you can listen to documentaries. Yeah. And you don't have to look, but like new movies, forget it. So it's got to be kind of like old, comfy movies yeah. that make me feel good. And then I yeah. and I have to get in the zone and not be like distracted by anything. And man, it is. Yeah. It's crazy. It's tough. It's tough. There's distractions everywhere. Yeah. It, it's <laughs> very hard. To do. <laughs> yeah. It's a. Uh, but that just goes to show how much we love what mm -hmm. we do you know that we go mm -hmm. through this yeah you know? in fact i'm no good at anything else i have no other skills at this point yeah this, i have made this my entire life yeah you went all in but that's the only way you went can all do in. it i have nothing else <laughs> <laughs> that's the only way you can do it you gotta Don't go all in <laughs> that's that's what gabe gabe leonard's what's gabe leonard's fa famous quote is uh don't have a backup plan <laughs> <laughs> Because <laughs> it's so like, because yeah. when I started, I had no savings. Yeah, I had just bought a house. I was making decent money in the film mm -hmm. business, and it was like somehow my wife believed enough in me to like support me, which is really amazing. Yeah, she's so amazing. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I look back and now I'm like, what the fuck was I? Thinking? that was crazy yeah. yeah i had kids i it was like oh my god i can't believe i did that i would never do that now not mm -hmm. that way i would have some kind of backup plan but it was like i had you know i guess yeah. i could have gone back to effects but i was like i was over it i didn't want to do it anymore i just couldn't do it it was painful yeah yeah when i was starting out it was just like there's no other option for me this is this is it this right. is it I, I mean, even get going into art school and hearing like oh, 1% of you will make it. And so my brain's like, new goal, be the 1% yeah. that makes it. Now, there is no other. That's, that's and, it for me. And this is it. You've made it. I've made it. I mean, we've made yeah. it. This is making yeah. it. This is making yeah. it. It's like the, the, the Damien Hearst. Well, crises on yeah. crisis. The Damien Hearst of the world and Jeff Koons and all these like rich, they're like, they're just not, they're like not even on, they're not even uh, doing the same thing. They're not, it's like, it's not the same thing. They're yeah. like not even in uh, in our realm whatsoever. It's well, a totally like, different thing. I think of them as like corporate yeah, artists. Yeah, yeah. Now, I mean, like they're just on a different. They, they've, they're in this other system. It's like, we are working. We are what the majority of the artists well, are working. We're artists. independent right uh, like yeah but that's what i've been calling myself for years um because it just makes sense to me right but, yeah and uh, so, so making it is this you, you you're able to live live off it doesn't matter if you're like you have to come up with money every month to pay the bills and you have no savings are that's, we thriving but we're surviving yes <laughs> that's making it hate to break that's, it all you want to be artists yeah. that want to be yeah. artists that's making yeah. it <laughs> and you have to be but like happy with I that trade, i wouldn't trade anything though for, oh, yeah. for where i've managed to find myself <laughs> yeah for sure that's the that's the crazy thing it's like 
I really feel like this is where this is my purpose in life, you know? I feel the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel the same. It's a, you know, the Japanese concept, and I don't know how it's pronounced. Is it Ikigai or Ikigai? Right. But it's, yeah, it's that balance of okay. like your your passion and how you make money and, you know, like what your reason. What you're good at and uh, yeah, at. all these different things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I am currently, I'm there. It, you know, it it's tenuous, but I'm there and I'm, I, I feel very good about it, yeah, you know, so yeah. awesome. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like for me, everything is, uh, and I know we're getting to the end, so I'll let you go. I'm sorry to keep you. Um, no uh, the, the, it's like, I pretty much feel like I'm totally happy with every aspect of it, except the financial part yes. and having to work so hard because of the financial part. And it's mm-hmm. not even like I'm looking to be a millionaire or whatever and and not and work one day a week i'm like saying i would like to be able to have my bills covered and a little bit of money in the bank for an emergency and maybe get a day off a week that would be like that would be it for me i'd be like i'm totally cool yeah i don't need any more (laughs) so i've done that like a few times throughout my career yeah i have found that balance but it never lasts i know right and every i know of it it's a cycle yeah i've i've had it happen a few a couple times too and it's like you think when it happens or for me i was like ah i did it it's gonna be like this from now on (laughs) this is great i expected it to just keep going (laughs) like that and it's like oh shit nick the following year i'm like oh man i'm back on the grind again (laughs) yeah 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 or like yeah that last year i decided to leave like a stable home environment but I wasn't happy. So, oh no, I'm about to put myself through it again. It's going to be really hard, but it was worth it. Yeah. It's worth it. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I think it's amazing what you're doing and, and what Carla's, you you guys, you uh, appreciate all, all doing yeah. this. Um, and, and it's helpful to me to learn more about it and hear from you directly. Mm-hmm. It helps yeah. me to understand it more because, you know, I've, I've been kind of hands off with the whole thing. And, but you know, as you can probably see from some of my posts on Twitter and mm-hmm. stuff, I'm a little more like, you know, on the pro ethical AI side, which I've always said yeah. from the beginning, but I, but I haven't been as maybe right. as active as I should mm-hmm. have, but this is, well, you seem to scrutinize it and yeah, it, that, yeah. that doesn't have to be the same thing as being anti or right, pro right. You're, you're scrutinizing it. And I think that's completely fair and human. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> but, but mm-hmm. having you on the show is, is, and having like Steven and having me mm-hmm. on, this is all mm-hmm. part of learning about it. And I'm hoping that yeah. it's, you know, er- everyone who listens to the podcast too, will learn about this. I hope, I hope it helps. And of course I'm always available to be reached out to for, you know, whatever. But, um, yeah, it's like my life now. So <laughs> cool. <laughs> for a while, for a while. Be it. Yeah. Yeah. it's not going to be boring <laughs> no no i don't do that. i would never that never do that no. <laughs> always always pick the interesting life yes absolutely uh mm-hmm. well thank you so much for taking the time I, I appreciate you taking so much time out coming on the show love your work thank uh, you thank you it was, it was great talking to you and yeah great talking to you i really <laughs> cool i uh don't hang up because I'll, I'll say goodbye to you after but after i stop recording but as yeah. as we do on the podcast you have to say goodbye somehow to the audience in your own way goodbye everybody or whatever so go ahead. okay hold on i got this goodbye
<laughs> Goodbye, everybody. That was perfect.